It's, what, it's the one hundred. It's the one hundredth episode, and the gimmick is you're a vampire. <laughs> That's what you go with. We're recording it at night, and I don't know. I'm it's feeling like, kind of loopy and it's, silly. It's ten twenty-three. This is not exactly vampire hours. I'm so old, Liam. I'm five hundred years old, and man, I just hit the hay at around like nine thirty. This is it for me. This is my life now. My undeath now. It's been a hundred episodes and you've aged a hundred years. Yep. We forgot to tell the audience that every time we do an episode, Tom ages a year yeah. or so. Yeah, it's been a real problem for my skin. Hi, everybody. This is Media Majors, the storytelling podcast. Where an old man and a youthful man <laughs> tell stories. About... I'm... Oh, okay. Well, I'll step on. I'll step on your intro. I'm Tom Lockney. I like to tell stories about video games and internet culture. What was the first story you told in this podcast? Um, oh god, it was something about Valve. Yep, it was about it was about Steam backdoor trading. <laughs> I'm Liam Senior, and I talk about showbiz. First story I told on this podcast was about Sylvester Stallone getting a blowjob with his microphone on. Mm-hmm. Whoopsie doodles. Yeah. And since then, we've gone through many iterations. We had fake ads at one point. <laughs> That was fun. We sure did. But now we center our episodes around a theme. And uh, we, we done, we done, we done it, it again. again. We did it again. When did we do, did we do pornography? For 50? For 50. And for 69. And for 69. Nice. Well, and now we're back for episode 100. And we're going to talk about more porn stuff. We sure are. But in this low-key voice. NPR style. Liam, you're going first. Mm-hmm. I have 23% battery on my phone. Let's do this. <laughs> cool. Oh, no. The title of the story is Yuck. Mm-hmm. You gotta... I'm, uh, well, the title right. of the story for me, the secret title I do on my Word document is Yuck. Thanks mm-hmm. for breaking that little magical thing I held over the audience. John F. Kennedy was considered the first Playboy president. At the time, he seemed suave and slick and was rumored to be quite the lady killer. Uh, he, in a way, represented what readers of the magazine, Playboy, wanted to be cool and confident while fighting off hordes of beautiful ladies, uh, including a rumored tryst with one of the first women to appear in Playboy, Marilyn Monroe, which okay, I disproved in so episode we've already, six. We've already, we're already drowning ourselves in the heterosexual mire, I see. Uh, Oscar Myers wieners. 30-some-odd years later, we got Bill Clinton, our first frat boy president. I feel like this needs no explanation. Mm-hmm. And here we are now with the least suave, least coolest, most evil and horrifying and revolting president, but truly our first porn dog president. Okay. Because uh, it's episode 100, and because we're talking porn, and we're specifically going to look into our president's relationship with pornography. Okay. Oh, boy. Really timely stuff, isn't this? We're also going to look at Donald Trump's specific relationship with the magazine Playboy. So, Playboy is an American men's lifestyle and entertainment magazine. No, it's true, actually. Uh, There's a lot of... uh... A lot of people in games journalism, unfortunately, they've deleted the back archive, but a lot of people in games journalism right now got their start writing for Playboy. Well, I was about to say, writers such as Arthur C. Clarke, Ian Fleming, 
Vladimir Nabokov? 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 I do not know. You're an English major. Yeah, I haven't read every book. Saul Bellow. You're, you're a movie major. Have you seen every movie? Pretty much. Oh, all right. Well, we never mind. We had to. You know what? There are more books than movies. This is, I was about to say. Is I just have to sit in one space and stare at a big screen for a while. You have to like focus on more than one page. Mm-hmm. Chuck Palahniuk, P.G. Woodhouse, Roald Dahl, Margaret Atwood. They all wrote. <laughs> Man, you just listed up a name of a whole bunch of people with ideas about the world. I know, right? They all wrote for Playboy. Interesting. At one point or another. Mm-hmm. It was a, it's like a big pop culture thing. You know, it is essentially a magazine that was the basic idea was like nudes but it also is like a place where lauren michaels has written for before <laughs> it's one of those things where i'm just like i guess like i guess we it can just, just go it's on the, with this it's the peanut butter and jelly sandwich of publications because it's like all right there's a market of people who like looking at these like cl- classy nudes and also, those people happen to like pop culture. Let's just mash the two. It's featured interviews with like people that are prominent in all f- forms of media and culture. It's it's the strange, like point of pop culture that will go down in history as something that I think people just be like, I guess, like, okay, <laughs> it did I exist. guess that's the thing and that happened. And still does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah they uh, also they kind of stopped doing. They stopped doing nudes for a while, and but they brought it. They brought, they brought it, back. it back for like a month, and then we're like, anyways, back to you know, fucking Gore Vidal. <laughs> He's not alive, but if he was, <laughs> he would be writing for Playboy. Yeah. Uh, in 1990, Donald Trump appeared on the cover of Playboy with model Brandy Brandt, uh, the racy Playboy magazine cover featuring the 1990 version of the B- New York billionaire right next to, uh, he like hangs this cover in his office next to all his other awards from like religious groups that would look down upon this thing and mm-hmm. conservatives and stuff. It is a, it is a nightmare that a uh, man who's had multiple uh, rape accusations levied against him and who has admitted to sexual assault on tape was given the opportunity relentlessly throughout his life to be close to women in a sexual context. It is gross. And he gloats about it. Yeah. Like a trophy hunter. Because he's a monster. Because he, yeah. He is one of 10 men to be on the cover of Playboy. The others include, and I am not kidding, Bruno Mars, Seth Rogen, Gene Simmons, Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld, Rogen. Dan Aykroyd as his Conehead Dan character. Aykroyd as his Conan character? Conehead character. Cone. Oh my god, it's even worse. Yep. Uh, Leslie Nielsen, <sighs> Steve Martin, Burt Reynolds, and Peter Sellers. Okay. That's quite a list. I know, right? Like, a who's who of what? As a Conehead character. As his Conehead character. As his Conehead character. The model was not dressed up as a Conehead. <laughs> she was dressed up like a normal lady. And her reaction was also like, what I are guess. We doing here? <laughs> like, I guess. Uh, Trump embraced the association. During his bid for pre- the presidency, he was known to autograph copies of his cover. Like, I get, I mean, it's just, this yeah. is the fucking topsy-turvy, fucked-up universe. And then people uh, voted for him. Uh, in 1999, he appeared in one of Playboy's pornos, Playboy Video Centerfold, Playmo- Playmate 2000, Berniola Twins. He's on the IMDb page for it. 
the Republican president had a short cameo in a porno film where he broke a bottle of champagne oh my God. on a Playboy-branded limo. I, wanna, I, w- I want my soul to leave my body. The majority of the film centers around Darlene and Carol Berniola, who are two twins that were like playmates of the year, and you know it's it's mostly just about them doing their thing. But for some reason, there's just a Hanging clip out. of yeah, just like fucking chilling, vibing, Carol and Darlene style. <laughs> Trump also appeared in a documentary about Playboy called "How Playboy Changed the World," made by Playboy. You don't get to title your own documentaries anymore, Playboy. <laughs> He's had Playboy even associated on his TV show, The Apprentice. Hugh Hefner has been on, and a couple of Playmates have even been contestants. He brought contestants to the Playboy mansion to do a crossover with the Girls Next Door, a reality show about the mansion at the mm-hmm. time. And is there that he met a Playboy bunny named Karen McDougal. Karen McDougal fell madly in love with Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and they had a romance and an affair, and she talked endlessly nice things about him. Is she? Because literally tonight, the night that we're recording this, oh, God, I fucking hate that I know this. This broke an hour ago, and I already fucking know it. I don't I think... I can't escape it on Twitter. I do not believe she was one of the people that came forward because she There's has, like, three... voted for him and has talked about how she's, like, a there... fan of his. Yeah, there were three new... Three new... I, I don't know if they were all porn actresses, um, but they... Three more women were... Came forward and were like, oh, yeah, we were paid for our silence. Right. See, she wasn't... But she, like, they just, she, they just had an affair. Okay. Uh, the thing was, he was married to Melania still at the time. You know, it, it's funny. When you're married and you have sex with someone else, you're still married while you have sex with that <laughs> other person. True. It doesn't, is this, I, I didn't know this. For the longest time, I was like, oh, yeah, but when you have sex with someone else, you, it <laughs> takes you to a different timeline. It, breaks, it what, breaks the bond that Jesus gave you yeah, in yeah. your heart and your soul. Jesus is looking at a big CCTV of everyone's marriages. Yeah. And when someone is cheating, the screen goes out. And that, he's like, no, fix it. You know how when you get married to somebody mm-hmm. and you kiss them on the mouth mm-hmm. and you exchange mouth seeds and yeah. you take the other person's mouth seed mm-hmm. when you cheat on them from a, in a monogamous relationship mm-hmm. it breaks the seal on the seed and you burst forth into a great end <laughs> I was so happy that's where it went um, but uh, you know what in Milani's defense she was too busy raising their newborns at the time so I get it like <laughs> oh my god it's like oh <laughs> She won't have sex with me. It's almost as if something something somewhat traumatic uh, happened to her body. Uh, cool president. Um, Karen McDougal wasn't enough for Donald Trump, though, because he also cheated on the woman he was cheating on his wife with with a woman named Stormy Daniels. Now, unlike Karen McDougal, Stormy Daniels kind of saw this opportunity as a way to make money from a fucking idiot. Okay. And she did, and now, well, turns out, mm-hmm. when you run for president, yeah, your party is like, hey, uh, we can't let the people know that you fucked a bunch of porn stars <laughs> and cheated on your wife, like, all the time. 
Would like to make, allegedly would like to make very clear we are we are occupying the character of conservatives. I'm playing there Michael is nothing, Cohen. There is nothing wrong with uh, being with sex. Workers. Absolutely not. Yeah, just want to make that very. I think very, Stormy Daniels is is just, handling this great, as we'll see. Yeah, just wanted to make that very clear. Yeah, but because the Republican Party is an evangelical nightmare of uh, repressed. Uh, people who want to take autonomy away from women. Sex- sexual moralists, let's say. Uh, monsters. Uh, they, you know, essentially paid Stormy Daniels off, and now she is... Uh, I apologize also, I, I, I'm using her stage name, but that's like what the news is doing. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'd feel weird if using her real name. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just wanted, you know, in case people were like... Ah. So she's been on the news telling the truth i believe her <laughs> yeah that this happened and um you know she's given us some great tidbits like you like to be spanked with the forbes magazine cover dude is jesus obsessed with magazine Christ. Covers. yeah a month before hugh hefner died one of his sons cooper hefner summed up their opinion of trump and that the 1990 cover with a less than flattering word embarrassment mm-hmm. we don't respect the guy cooper hefner a self a self-identified liberal told the Hollywood Reporter. There's a personal embarrassment because Trump is somebody who's been on our cover. The magazine, Cooper Hefner added, really is really a philosophy about freedom. And right now, as history is repeating itself in real time, I want Playboy to be central to that conversation. So close. <laughs> We're just missing it. And now we as Americans have to sit through this mess as we realize that our president truly and deeply loved the pornier bits of a magazine that associated women with bunny rabbits. Right. I just want to end this with support sex work and shame on our president for being the worst thing that's ever happened and for being a truly god-awful porn dog presidente. <laughs> it's oh. been a while since I told a bummer one, right? Yeah, it's been a hot minute. And you whipped it, but you whipped it out for a hot Well, minute. Tom, guess what? what? Fuck you, I'm not done. Oh. It turns out I I knew this was going to happen. Uh, I knew this was going to bum you out. Okay, So cool. I wanted to... <laughs> Thank you. God bless you. So I wanted to do something else because I learned something today that yeah. truly I'm mad that I didn't know about it before. Shocked you to your core? No, well, here's the thing. One part of it shocked me to my core. The rest of it, I was like, fuck yes, this is great. Um, I did not write. I did not write stuff down. It's been talked about before but i thought you needed tom needed to know about this Mm -hmm. have you heard of a man named scotty bowers no of course you haven't he was a soldier in world war ii and after the war he operated a gas station in hollywood he was also very very charming very very handsome very very cool and very 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 homosexual excellent and he set up a sort of arrangement with several stars, such mm-hmm. as Katherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, tons of old school Hollywood legends, where he would basically be like, hey, do you need a space to live out your sexuality that society at this point has deemed immoral? I can hook you up. <laughs> and this dude just like set Katherine Hepburn up with over 150 women to just oh like oh my god yeah he set up Cary Grant with Rock Hudson and just like you two should meet and jerk each other off he hosted orgies that were like mostly dudes he like was a huge part of secret gay hollywood culture and i thought it was i wanted to just like 
Go look him up. He tells a story about how Cole Porter, one of the greatest musicians that ever lived, could suck off 20 guys in a room in like two hours. <laughs> oh my god. Now, there's something about this that I learned that luckily Scotty did not, um, he was just as surprised as we're going to be. Okay. Hey, if you don't like, you know, gross stuff, um, <laughs> not gross like bad violent stuff, gross like uh, Where are we going to hear about body fluids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to hear a little bit about the body. Right. If that's not your jam, I would maybe go to Tom's story. You can check the, for the time code and the tags. Yeah. Uh, so Charles Lawton is a famous actor. Um, have you seen uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane by any chance? No, I've not. Well, that, that's like what a lot of people would know him from. He plays a character. He's a British character actor of the 60s. He was... I believe is openly gay. I, I don't remember, but he was uh, friends with a lot of very famous people in Hollywood who just kind of helped him get... He, he was not conventionally attractive, and this was at a time where it was, like, not great for character actors, so he had a lot of friends in Hollywood that helped him mm-hmm. make a career. He uh, also was friends with Scotty Bowers, who set him up with various gentlemen. Uh, one time, he uh, was driving one of Charles Lawton's dates to Charles Lawton's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they came in, Charles Lawton was washing some slices of tomatoes and lettuce. Oh, that's so cute. And was preparing a sandwich. And then he took the sandwich, and he asked the gentleman to come with him down the hall while Scotty uh, just kind of made himself at home in the kitchen. And yeah. He was hanging out and just like thinking, oh, what I got to do today? I'm probably going to go... Eat Cary Grant out later. Write that down in my book. My life is fucking rad. I'm super cool. I gotta set up Catherine Hepburn. I'm gonna go fuck Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. I own a fuck palace. I'm literally the coolest person ever, and Liam's really mad that he only learned about him today. Uh, and then Charles Lawton returned with the gentleman, and the gentleman had a sheepish look on his face. Oh, because my on God. the sandwich was an oh, interesting colored spread that was Scotty Bowers oh, described God. as sort of a brownish thick gravy. Now, what? wait, no, it, so it wasn't cum. So, no, 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 oh, no, no, it was not cum, my friend. No, 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 it was, it was poopy. It was poopy. And then Charles Lawton put the sandwich together. No, 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 he sat down. No, he did not. Put a napkin around his neck. Oh, my God. And he said, this one's for the queen or something. And he ate the poopy sandwich. He ate the poop sandwich. Um... Now, like Why I said, did you tell me this? <laughs> well, I learned about Scotty Bowers and people Man. were talking about how are they going to talk about Charles Lawton's sandwich? And I was like, Charles Lawton's sandwich? I have to learn what that is. And then when I learned what it is, I got a phone call from Samara and she said, if you don't tell people about Charles Lawton's poopy sandwich, I'll find you $20. And I was like, Damn. ooh, I can't lose 20 bucks. Yo, people do whatever the fuck they want to do. <laughs> Look, no one, got, no one got hurt. No one got hurt, yeah. And Scotty Bowers oh came God. away from that being like, well, I need to uh, talk <laughs> to the people I bring to Charles Lawton's house beforehand. All right. We're going to take a break. <laughs> wow. Tom's going to go take a minute. <laughs> and when we come back, I'm going to go have a BM. Going to take a good old Charles Lawton. Uh, here's a show. Here's an ad for a show on the network. Back in history class, did you ever take a step back from that textbook you were reading and just think to yourself, man, these people are very dumb. Hi, my name is Eric McAdams and I have a podcast for you. 
It's called Big Time Whoopsies, and every other Wednesday on the Major Cast Network, I tell a guest, and you the listener, a story from history involving massive incompetence. Big Time Whoopsies. People are dumb, and history can prove it. The earliest invocation of furry as a concept that I could find was at a 1980 science convention when an anthropomorphic animal character from uh, Albedo Anthropomorphics sparked discussion of anthropomorphism that would snowball into a bigger and bigger social phenomenon. In the modern popular understanding of furries, a furry is somebody with a fursona, an anthropomorphic animal persona that they inhabit to varying degrees. It is an extension of themselves, their personality, their being. The most popular understanding of the way that this manifests is in fursuits, which, like not to get too reductive, are very well-made mascot suits. It's true. I'm sorry. It is a little reductive. It's just like, yeah, it's a fursuit. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, people put it like, man, them shit's expensive. Well, it's like... You don't you don't really realize it because you don't think about it like when you see a mascot you don't think about the work that went into it because like the point of mascot designs is you you kind of get like lost in the magic of it it's like when you look at a muppet you don't think about the craftsmanship but because <laughs> you I, don't think about the hand no I, I always <laughs> think about the hand where's that dirty dirty hand inside my best friend the frog yeah. uh but because I've been poor choice of words because I've been exposed to furries <laughs> okay um it's kind of a, you know you realize like oh they had to make that and it's like custom made based off of like their specific and then persona. you get into scalies and you know all the yeah, subsets yeah. and a lot of work goes into that listen it's like uh, it's it's like cosplay I can't help but admire super incredible craftsmanship uh, they also have a thriving art community as a lot of them commission drawings of their personas so like if you can't afford a fursuit or like maybe that's just not your jam yet. You can you can get a fun Twitter, Abby. I hope they all stay really hydrated, just because I feel like uh, get sweaty it gets in there. Sweaty in a fursuit. Mm. It is not a sex thing, well, though. Though, well, here's the thing: because furries are understandably attracted to one another thanks to their similar life experiences, and just like yeah, just like the way that they live their lives, it makes a lot of sense that they find each other, socialize with each other. And then uh, have sex with each other, and sometimes that does involve, uh, I believe, the fursuits. Listen, but it's a don't knock it till you try it. It's, it fetishes are. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's, I like I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but it is very funny that a bunch of people in fursuits meet up to hang out and sometimes have sex with each other. It's like, like it it is funny in the way that like sex is funny in the sex way that like funny. in the way that like, man, penises are They're hilarious, silly looking, and I love them. It's funnier to me that a group of people meet up in fur costumes and don't have sex with each other. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, so it's just, but it's it's very, it's funny in like a very specific oh, way. Oh, in just, in just a way where it's like, I, it, it makes you realize like, hey, to some people this really isn't a sexual thing. Exactly. It's just like, you know, but you want to be a fox. But and I totally fucking get that. Uh, it's important to bring this up because like in the, because that's the popular perception of furries is kind of like the base point is, is starting out for, from them being objects of ridicule. Uh, and so they, the furries like kind of embrace the the cheese and the corn. They're a very, uh, they're a very, 
What? Like the cheese in cheese the corn. corn. All right. Hey, like they're, you know what? Like they're fucking mice and chickens. Uh, they they kind of like start from a base of like oh like this thing that we do is like kind of silly. So they are very inclusive. They're a- extremely inclusive. Uh, which has come to help and hinder them. They're extremely accepting of queerness. Yes, if anything, that they should maybe not have been in super duper inclusive about. It. Yeah, I, I just can't put my fingers on it. I mean, like, um, I can't put, I can't put my fingers. Uh, yeah, I see what you're doing. It's funny. Yeah, visual joke. Great for a podcast. It's Fucking super good. fantastic. I was making a Hitler joke. Yeah. Nazi furries are a thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, they have issues with self-described Nazis too. Uh, it's my understanding that this is like tapering off because there's a large vocal presence of like the people who Nazis want dead in the fur furry yeah. community. Um, but yeah, they did have that. Although like that's no specific shade to them because obviously rest of society is having a very similar yeah. problem. No, no, yeah, hold on. No, I want to make that clear. I'm not saying that, well, uh, typical furries, you're going to get some Nazis. Like, no, Nazis are just popping up everywhere because the world is fucked. Point being, uh, they are earnest. It's less of a role play sex thing and more of like a, a uh, like cultural role play thing, I guess. Uh, anthropomorphism is an extremely important element. They have a thriving art community, and there is a sexual element. A lot of that art can be found on DeviantArt, a website <sighs> founded in the year. Oh no no no! Oh, I was we want a sigh support. of joy. Oh, a sigh of joy. Sorry, sorry. I was I was waiting for DeviantArt. Um, it was founded in the year two thousand to serve as a platform for artists. It's been an extremely important tool for the dissemination of art as well as the growth of young artists as it provided them a space for feedback and community building. But let's go back in time a little further. Because, baby, this has just been preamble. I, I don't have any time crystals. Why would you bring this on me now? I was just at the time store... <laughs> There's a time pop-up, literally, I'm not even- Listen, we can go, I'll Venmo you. No, I'm serious. There are two pop-ups in California that are ti- like time travel pop-ups. Are you could... fucking serious? Yeah, of course I'm serious. This God, is Los I Angeles. Loves California. Oh, man. In the 90s, Sega was looking for a competitor <laughs> to Nintendo's Mario. No! Yep. They needed a mascot. Yes, 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 yes. Fucking God <sighs> Oh, man, I knew I was going to get you with that little turn. <laughs> Alex Kidd has been their unofficial mascot, or had been their unofficial mascot for some time, but there's there's something about that little boy that just bounces off of the eyes. Yeah. It was time for something new. Yes, it was. Though an early prototype Dr. Robotnik was floated around, it was clear that the company was leaning closer to an anthropomorphic animal as their choice. I'm sorry, Dr. Robotnik, do you mean James Carey? Uh, Oh my god, that's right. With characters like rabbits, bulldogs, and even an early version of Mighty the Armadillo adding to the pile. In the end, they went with Naoto Oshima's little blue hedgehog, Mr. Needlemouse, <laughs> as he was known at the time. <laughs> Mr. Needlemouse! This That's is, so good! This is like the reason I started this podcast was so I can hear the story. I'm near tears. Like, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Directed towards an American audience, much of his character was inspired by American pop culture. His buckled shoes were inspired by Michael Jackson's buckled boots from the cover of Bad, interestingly enough. Did you know that Michael Jackson uh, did did some of the music in uh, Sonic 3? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Is it still like chiptune and shit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so dope. 
Um, uh, his red and white shoe colors came from Santa Claus. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Fuck it, why not? And his tood was supposedly ripped from the general attitude of presidential hopeful Bill Clinton. Okay, well, hold on. <laughs> yeah. That's not... Yikes. <sighs> pump the brakes on. Man, Bill, Billy Clinton featured in both of our stories. Yeah, two for... Uh, uh, yeah, because there is... <laughs> It's not a media major story if you don't mention at least one terrible dude. Uh, and eventually it took direct inspiration from Clinton's 1992 campaign slogan, Get It Done. That was his slogan, Get, get It Done. done. Get Larry it the done. Cable Guy. Get what done? I know. Yeah. I know what he wanted to get done. Don't. NAFTA. <laughs> I'm really proud of myself for that one. That was a good political joke, my friend. You should go. Should Liam, go on Bill Maher. Liam, go on. Citations needed. Um, Punch nope. Bill Maher. In the Hang fucking on. I. Uh... You got a virus I from doing the story. Uh, perhaps the most important element of his design, however, was that they wanted the character to be easy to draw, specifically so that children would be able to draw him easily. <laughs> Fools. Because they are the target demo. Of the yeah, game. They could only see what path they wandered down. Renamed Sonic the Hedgehog, the, t what? the, the titular blue boy I burst onto the scene in June of 1991. I'm only calling him Mr. Needlemouse. With wild success. Sega and Sonic Team had done it. They had created a mascot to rival Mario. That's so important. Sonic the Hedgehog was like a household name. It's It's like... It's one of those things where it's almost like... I can't believe that there's a Coke and a Pepsi. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm so yeah, surprised yeah, yeah. that no, another yeah, company. That's a great example. I, I'm so surprised another company was able to be like, was able we, to be like, fuck, we, we also need make that. The, the sweet brown liquid. Boom. We got a son. Like, but even more so with like, j just because, you know, so many things go into designing a character. The, the final product you see is yeah. like the 1000th attempt at making something. The the amount of luck and coincidence and chance, not to mention and all the hard work. They based and stuff. him off of Bill fucking Clinton. Are you shitting me? It's it's nonsense and insane <sighs> and like it's so ridiculous. It's it's just the chances. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the the culture was that starved. Well, it's, I I always feel like and in and in and in under a decade. In uh, under a decade at this point, Sega's like out of the console game, basically. Yeah. Like, fucking... It's insane. And now Sonic's gonna get a live-action movie with Paul Rudd and Jim Carrey. Yeah. Incredible. As the fan base grew, so did Sonic. He would grow less rotund and grow pointier quills. He became literally edgier. When the series made the jump to 3D, he was also made taller, a little more human-like as he was placed in a city surrounded by humans and they didn't want him to look short. Uh, he was already anthropomorphic, but Gotta his, look up. <laughs> but his form closer approximated that of humans and now he was fully voiced. He had had dialogue in other games and the Archie comics, but this was a little more mainstream. It was the first- Wait, wait, wait. Did you not know that there's a, a incredibly successful and I believe ongoing Sonic the Hedgehog Archie comics run? Like he's in the Archie universe or I, his own comic series? Because I know there's own art, his own comic series like published by. Oh, Archie cool! Comics. Yeah, no, that I knew. I thought you. Yeah, I, I thought he like. I think they've done a crossover. I'm not. sure. Oh, I'm sure Archie's crossover with the Punisher, but that's not important. Um. 
but this was the first game, the uh, Sonic game, with extensive voice acting, and I think we'd be lying if we said that Ryan German's voice performance isn't instrumental to how we understood uh, Sonic and and that like. Well, it's almost always been tone. him or someone doing an impression of him. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like even when it's not him, they've got They're like doing an the impression. guy who sounds like him. Yeah. It's like Donald Duck. Um, it's it's like I can only hear him as like that sort of stereotypical red 90s x skater exactly but it's but it's it's sonic uh and credit should also of course be given to sonic's extensive cast all of which share that same anthropomorphic design but yeah they've made him more and more human-like as time goes on um there's not a mascot uh, platformer with more heavily featured anthropomorphism, tood, and cheesiness than Sonic. And uh, despite like recent kind of like that that franchise has had a lot of identity crises over the years. Oh wait, which, what do you mean? The game where he turns into a werehog, or the one where he fights King Arthur? <laughs> um. Well, what about the one where they like do snowboard air racing? Here's my hot take: is that uh, all three of those games are pretty all right. Yeah, it's Sonic. I'm just saying, like. When you say that there's I have an identity crisis, like Sonic Unleashed, yeah. Sonic and the Black Knight, and then and you Sonic have Sonic Riders. 2006, which is like a story unto itself, and that has to do with like more like troubled development than than other stuff. Although like that's also come back into play God, with. I want to play Sonic game right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. You can get Sonic Mania Plus on the PlayStation Four. I heard it's really good. Um. But yeah, like he's he still retains a lot of cultural weight. When I say Sonic, like. I don't have to do my that's the fuck you that's know not that. even but like that's not even the main that's from the TV show that was made. No, actually, no, that's in the oh, that's, that's in, the in the original game. Anyways. Oh that's cool that they used that for the theme song. Yeah. That show was really funny. Uh Sonic is also very, 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 very well known for the porn of him that exists. Hey, here we are now. And I entertain. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even realize. I'm wearing a Nirvana shirt. And yeah. I sang a Nirvana. <laughs> Uh, I think it's a confluence of a lot of the factors I've mentioned. Sonic was supposed to be easy to draw for kids who did. They grew up in an era where the internet was allowing young artists platforms, not just deviant art either, to draw the things that they liked and to share it to foster communities around it. This is why, like, I, I like I don't feel comfortable being like Sonic OCs came before Sonic porn because there was like a broad range of of uh, ages that enjoyed Sonic and clearly like uh, <laughs> have their own reads on the character but like lots of people we we've seen all the the images of like kind of rudimentary sonic ocs and and that as like time went on the fan base grew up they started to like become adults and feel like sex feelings and stuff and and then their art changes and they have a platform for like to be posting like extremely horny shit if they want to i mean it's just some of the horniest fucking shit and i think that like furry culture helped set a precedent it had been around since the 80s and like it's definitely at its most mainstream now because just we're all fucking online all the time because we're terrified but it's also like they're I feel like other than maybe Mickey Mouse cartoons, which never were in any way, shape, or form overtly sexual. sexualized, yeah. The 80s dramatic Sonic cartoons and the 90s ones were like, I wouldn't say sexualized, but like they went out of their way to give the female characters female human shapes. 
You know what I mean? And, like, well, and like the other thing too is I think all the 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 characters in Sonic. That's the thing about Sonic is it's all heroes. Like yeah. even fucking Shadow the Hedgehog is a good guy. They couldn't write. He a has a villain. gun. <laughs> they were like, fuck. Like okay, so they're like Rouge is gonna help. Robotnik is gonna help. And then like we're just gonna throw this lizard in because we can't because they love these characters so much. They really truly do. But so much that all, they want to fuck them. But they're all super. They're all like cool characters. Like yeah. we're all supposed to like them at the end of the day. They couldn't even fucking Knuckles shows up in the early games and like he is like kind of an antagonist at first and then quickly becomes rival because they like they're his, best friends. Yeah, here's a picture of them sixty nine ing. And even and even uh, Robotnik is or like Eggman or what the fuck ever um, is now more of like a comedic heel than like a really diabolical. Of villain. course, here's a picture of him eating out tails. <laughs> I drew it while you were talking. Uh. So then, also like there's that, but there is that like precedent set by furries and furry culture that there are that there is like a community of people who like exists online tangentially. Like I'm not saying that these two communities were in like active cultural conversation with one another, but it's like oh yeah, like it's the furries on DeviantArt, and we are like the Sonic kids, and we exist in a Venn diagram. Sonic kids, Sonic kids. I drew a picture of tails with tits. Uh, and also the. <laughs> Oh my god! This is the bur- this is the best. And this then, is everything I've ever wanted this to be. Uh, and there's also the fact that there's the cast of characters that just never ends, meaning that people feel natural adding to that. Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Shadow, Rogue, Mighty, Vector, the Bee. I think his name is Charmy. Charmy, uh, Biggs. The Chows or Chaos or whatever. There's a cast of characters, uh, and there's also a lot of gay as fuck Sonic porn. Uh, more so, I think, than other video games, typically. And, and like, again, like, I don't think that it's explicitly, like, I'm not drawing a one-to-one comparison or, like, saying that the two were directly influencing one another, but that they were, like, adjacent, they could, like, view one another, and that, uh, like, kind of the similar, like, hey, this is, like, silly, uh, can be found in the Sonic fandom, and that's why it's like, hey, like, yeah, whatever. There's a lot of, like, gay, like, there's a lot of queer art in here. Cream, silver, please. Yes. I forgot them. And then the lizard, I can't remember his name. Um, no, chameleon. It's, it's like, oh, oh, it's, it's, it's fuck, a it's, the chameleon, and then there's, like, purple, Jazz the crocodile. Vector yeah. the crocodile, I already it's, said that. I think that. it's Ninja the no, chameleon. No, it's like a... <sighs> Keep talking, yeah, I think the reason that Sonic is such a popular fan art character and by extension porn character is this weird uh, confluence of, of cultures that... Espio. Espio. Cultures that fed into and off of one another. Uh, and and that's my story. By the way, I really... A lot of people... You know what? So I'm going to get on my soapbox for a hot second here because Sonic Forces came out and there were a lot of old curmudgeons who hate fun and love who were like, they let you design your own dumb Sonic character. And it's that's like, that's cool. That's the point. Yeah. They're listening to their audience. That's what people wanted. Don't white. Let people let enjoy people things. Let people enjoy things. <laughs> Assholes. All right. Damn, we did it. Mm-hmm. We did 100, 100 episodes. episodes. That's right. fucked up. I'm done. Me too. I'm sleepy. <laughs> now we'll be back with 101 <laughs> more till we die other things hey sometimes we talk about bummer stuff i did at the beginning but i turned it around you did. i, I liked... told you about a story about an actor that ate poop i liked your fucking weird orgy stories yeah and then Scotty Powers. i had my fun Sonic i mean that was, that was wait okay fun. yes i would have sex with sonic the hedgehog oh i wouldn't <laughs>
All right. There's so many rings. And so many places. So many, <laughs> so many, so many rings to lick. <laughs> yeah, that's not my thing. I'm not interested. Cares uh, more about like his body jewelry than oh, it is about being a good lover. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that fun sexy thing where I'm gonna bite onto Sonic's nipple ring gotcha. and pull it up just like a little bit and then like release it with my teeth so it kind of comes back down. Anyways, makes that sound of like uh, like dropping a wallet. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that now that we've sufficiently yucked out our listeners, I think we need to do a self care corner for them. Where we talk about a nice, fun thing that happened in our lives. What's nice? You know what? No Man's Sky Next just came out, and I downloaded it, and damn it, I'm having a fun time with it. Maybe I'll talk about No Man's Sky on the show soon. I had something. There are eggs, and they whisper at you. Whispering eggs? Yeah. Sounds dope. Yeah. It well, and then you and then you harvest them, and then some bad shit goes down. Usually. What in the world was I gonna do? I had something, and it's poof, 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 poof. Oh, doy. I saw Paramore in concert. Oh, yeah, you went and you saw Paramore I did. in concert. Jane and I went. How was Paramore? They were really good. They, like, damn, they can fucking play a stadium. Like, it was impressive to watch. Hell of a crowd. They've been there. They've been, a, they've been doing it. They've been on that grind for a hot minute. She's not even 30. Are you kidding me? She's 28. Wow. They've Damn. been in the band since she was 16. Fuck, are you serious? Yeah, that dude. young? Wow. Yeah, dude. Why do you think they're Constant. so good? <laughs> that makes sense. Damn. What a good band. They were very good. Uh, all of the d- dudes were wearing cool patent, pattern button-ups. That's fun. Um, the new album they have is really good, so, you know, go listen to it. It's, yeah. new, it's like a year old now, but there you go. Wrap it up. All right, lock you can, the gates. You can email us at mediumagespodcast.com. Wait, gmail. hold on, com. stop. What? This is the hundredth episode. Thanks. Oh like, yeah. What? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I guess. To us. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. We turned. We I turned can't like. <laughs> we turned what was a podcast on Tumblr where you recorded oh into God, your computer right. without a microphone. Without a microphone, yeah. Into a network where we have where we. Have the double X files yeah, on the same network as us. That's very exciting, and Look and other great shows on the network. Let's let's remember all the people who helped us along the way, like big Eric time McAdams and big time whoopsies, We've... and Lenny over the filmographers, and also Katie rips Katie, but <laughs> she's not dead. She's still alive. I want to make that very clear. We got our our rips. TV buddy Josh Phillips on my musty TV. Yeah, Allison and Cor- and like you said, Allison and Courtney and the double X files are. Fucking, they're the, they are the funniest people on the network. We have a new ad from them. So. It's, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can take you to task. Yeah, listener. Um, you probably just heard it. Yeah, you probably damn it, you probably did. I mean, we're just gonna spam all the shows with the ad for like two weeks because we finally have it. Yeah, it's great. Um, th- so yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We love you. You can email us at, at mediamagerspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you would, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, it helps small podcasts get more visible. 
Um, I just want to say that in less than two years, we've put out 100 episodes, which means we've basically put out a little, like, 50 episodes a year. Not bad. Yeah. Quite proud of ourselves. We're on that grind. I like this. Yeah, me too. The digital grind. You can follow us on Twitter at Media Majors Cast. And, as always, we'll be there for you. Happy 100. Chandler. <laughs> Oops. Chandler. <laughs> Ross. Rachel. Phoebe. Ricky Carmona. <laughs> That's the host, of, the host of Wham Bam Pal? I apparently. Yeah. I don't know. Who's <laughs> Why did you say Ricky Carmona? I thought. I thought. <laughs> I thought Ricky Carmona was a character on Friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know him from ads in like that relationship. Oh shit, that's why that name is in my brain. Y'all, it's been a hundred episodes. <laughs> and he's still making me laugh yes. like it's episode one and he's singing the theme song of uh. the show. <sighs> Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.